Zeus Sports Podcast, presented by the Columbia Daily Tribune. Hello and welcome to another Mizzou Sports Podcast. My name is Eric Blum, breaking down Mizzou Sports with you every week here on the show. Joining me, as always, the Columbia Daily Tribune's regional sports editor, Kevin Grayler. How are you, sir? Hey, doing all right. Glad to be on again. Yeah, been a little while since we did one of these two things. I had a little uh, preseason vacation. Uh back home uh and kevin's been busy as well but now we're back first in season uh mizzou sports podcast is camp opened on august 2nd we're recording this august 7th yeah yeah it's wednesday. wednesday august 7th so yeah uh before we get started into the football stuff kevin anything you want to touch on real quick before we dive head first into mizzou football and basketball no i mean let's just uh let's just get going into mizzou football uh, five days into camp uh if you look at, uh, at the calendar now uh we are Three and a half weeks from uh, the season opener yeah, at Wyoming. Yeah, yeah twenty four days. Um, so, uh, I mean, what what are your first impressions, Eric? You, you've been out there every morning uh, of camp so far. Uh, certainly, day one, uh, just uh, the the excitement was there. You had you had Kelly Bryant, mm-hmm. uh, the new heralded quarterback, uh, leader of this program for for this year. Um, really uh, bringing energy. But uh, what's kind of your first take? Of Mizzou 2019. Yeah, uh, Mizzou has had five, uh, as of Wednesday, five fall practices so far. The first four days, Wednesday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, off day yesterday being Tuesday, on back again today being Wednesday. Uh, overall, no news is good news. There have been some news, obviously, to come out, but nothing major groundbreaking that's canceling or lifting up Mizzou season so far kind of uh, status quo a lot of the time you know we've seen some people emerge and people take some steps back uh, but overall my overall impression so far from Mizzou camp is really status quo and I think that's the that's the best thing that Barry could want yes and we can talk a little bit about Alberto getting injured yet uh, I got on Monday morning and then Kelly and you know Jordan Elliott being banged up and a couple other guys but uh, overall it's been nothing but positive for Mizzou, well, and, and it seems like some of those uh, some of those injuries that 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 did happen were were minor. Uh, yeah, yeah. Fr- from we, what from what we know, and and, and from uh, from today, I mean, uh, can can you explain what happened uh, with with Kelly Bryant particularly? Okay, um, and it seems like crisis averted. It was it's just one of those things. That the last thing you yeah. want preseason is somebody to go down, and but he's back out there. Well, first off, I think that the three players that I mentioned, who were the three that kind of had the major injury, uh, not major, the minor injuries and the public injuries of Bryant, Okuibunam, and Jordan Elliott. You could very much consider one, two, and then somewhere before the number seven in terms of importance for Mizzou. I'd probably say Kel Garrett might be a little bit ahead. Maybe Demarcus Acey, maybe someone like a Jonathan Johnson, Tucker McCann are all kind of in that second tier behind Kelly Bryant um, in terms of importance for individual players for Mizzou this season. So when you see Bryant stop taking snaps, Okuwebunam going down, I think that's where kind of the hysteria came from. It's not exactly the severity of the injury it was the if things get lost here's who we're losing that that's where it yeah. came from my opinion so it was a, a hamstring strain for Bryant, for Bryant yeah and a I, knee sprain for Alberto okay so Bryant looked like just straight up precautionary you know protect the protect protect the crown jewel protect the the prized asset 
uh, if it were a game, I think he would have played through it. It's just a slip. He said today, and we kind of thought it was it was just a slip on the wet turf after it rained on uh, Sunday night around here. Uh, took a tiny bit of a wrong step, and that's that's all it was. Uh, just you know, sometimes when you're this, you're still more than three weeks away from camp. You know, three weeks away from uh, sorry from Laramie, still three weeks left of camp. You just those little things that those are those are minor risks to take that you leave him out there. Yeah. So why not pull him back? Why not you know have him just make sure he's at a hundred percent for when you need him. Uh, it, that was definitely not the case with Alberto though. Uh, Jordan Elliott just looked like he stepped wrong. Uh, he kind of just had, a, you know, just uh, nicks and knacks all over the place, but he's fine. Alberto, different. So what happened with Alberto? It happened. It, it couldn't have been. It couldn't have looked worse. It looked like. I hate to say, it, it looked like to me. If you watch professional wrestling, it looked like an injury angle. That's that that because that, that was my first thought. It's like. It was so perfectly put together. It was right in front of the media. It was so hyped up, and it happened right in front of us. Hmm. But here's exactly what happened. Um, so they're doing one-on-ones uh, right after the the availability kind of shooting period, where we're allowed to take pictures. Right, the next period or two after that happens, after the media's kind of cameras are kind of cut off, he has a one-on-one against. I don't have the roster in front of me. I can't remember the guy's name. Uh, a one-on-one where the defensive specialist coach kind of says to the guy that's guarding Alberto, hey, you know he's getting the ball. Alberto and him kind of are all over, not all over each other, but like, you know. There's a, some a, physicality. A, it, it, yes, it is not. Football is a very sport by trade for reasons like this. They're kind of going back and forth. Albert's a much bigger guy than the guy he's defending. While trying to take a step and shake him off, he slipped and it looked like he got his leg caught under him a little bit, uh, overextended it, and just went down and was it was an obvious pain. Um, and, and you fear the worst at that point. There was a kind of a collective gasp. Not it was, and, and this is what I said on the radio on Monday. It wasn't Teddy Bridgewater bad immediately where it's like, stop everything, get the media out of here. Let's let, just block out. It wasn't that when it happened with the Vikings a couple of years ago, uh, but it was a little bit at first. Like, uh oh, that's that's the uh, that's that that's that's one of the guys that Missouri's really counting their hat on this year. He got up, didn't practice the rest of the day, but Barry said he was fine or had a minor injury and expected him back. I don't think the media and myself included expected him back this soon. So like, as of now, it's it's Wednesday. Two days later. Two days later. Um, Back to like, full strength, it, it seems. It's like nothing happened. Yeah. yeah. They both looked... Bryant had his best practice uh, of fall camp in Okawibunam. Every practice for him is a good practice, you know, with how the balls he can catch and the way he can separate himself. So he looked he looked mighty fine today. Uh, so, yeah, everything is kind of back to normal, in a sense. Yeah. So despite, crisis averted. Definitely certainly. crisis averted. Definitely when, when, when you think... About things that could go wrong, and something like fall camp wearing fall pads, someone like Okuwe Bunam going down is near the top of the list. So you got that exercise out of the way kind of early here. Yeah, uh, something that, something that adversity, a little early adversity, and Mizzou went through it just fine. Yeah, and uh, you hope for a lot of things out of fall camp, but I think maybe at the top of that list is just to have a clean bill of health going in. Um, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, Eric, we, we've had you out. You've been doing daily coverage uh, from fall camp. Uh, just about every day we have you, you know, kind of picking a, a different type of feature story or, or profile, um, you name it, uh, that, that we've had in the Columbia Daily Tribune. Um, 
maybe can you can you walk us through i mean now we've had yeah, five sure. days you've had you had five different stories and i think the the first one that we kind of kicked off with was uh was jonathan nance that's correct so who, uh who who Came here uh, kind of right at the same time uh, as far yeah, as a, a transfer. Uh, you yeah. know, Kelly Bryant and Jonathan Nance were kind of <laughs> more or less were a, a package deal coming to Mizzou for one year, one year only uh, that they have eligibility left. Um, he's not quite as maybe big of a name as no, Kelly no. Bryant, uh, but he also uh, could make a substantial impact uh, this year just from, uh, from catching passes from Kelly. Yeah, if you look at the offer list, the thing that I didn't even realize is until after I wrote the story was you look at the offer list that both of them had, it was the exact same schools. You know, when they were, when Kelly, uh, when they both entered the transfer portal, Kelly from Clemson and Jonathan Nance from Arkansas, uh, at some point they must have started talking because you look at the top five, both of them, the exact same five schools. You look at the top two, the exact same Missouri and Auburn. And at some point, Missouri clicked for them. They're roommates now. Uh, and Jonathan Nance is probably his number one receiver on the outside. Um, and he's had some great plays. He's looked very good in practice today. Just kind of your every down wide receiver you can trust. Not quite the Emmanuel Hall level of trust with the Drew Locke yet, but... Some of that is time. Some of that comes with time. You know, there, there's that takes years to build. And I think that in terms of a first-year kind of connection, two guys who are professional and ready to go, it's pretty good. It's very solid, I'll put it that way, with Jonathan Nance. Um, And then I have to remember what I've written about a lot. I have to remember what I wrote about the next couple days. Uh, what, what about special teams? I mean, that, that's that was, I think that that's a, that's a question lots okay. of people do have. Uh, we got, got Tucker McCann who yeah. who is who is returning and uh, have him on the depth chart. Mizzou does for uh, you know starting kicker and starting punter. If I, if, okay. if I'm correct on that, yeah, I couldn't decipher. I couldn't remember whether that was my Sunday story or my Monday story. I just remembered what Sunday was. So uh, Saturday for Sunday was on Martez Manuel, the former Rockbridge. Uh, defensive back, kind of what his transition going to from the biggest high school in Columbia to playing defensive back. And he's had some pretty good looks and had some one-on-ones against people. He is definitely relishing this opportunity. Check that out. Got a good-looking uh, buzz cut, too, now. Yeah, it looks... I, I couldn't just... I, if you put his brother Marcus and him next to each other, I, I'd i be able to tell them apart based off of their how they speak and their mannerisms, but it, it'd be a little bit closer uh, together. Uh, but... Um, on, yeah, special teams. It, it, Tucker McCann is the only Tiger listed in two different starting positions: punter and place kicker. Um, I talked to him, you know, and kind of the guy. There's a guy behind him who's kind of turned some eyes so far in camp. And Aaron Rodriguez is kind of a punter, a punting option if Tucker McCann kind of can't handle the mental challenge of all of the special team snaps. In a sense, um, kind of talked about you know from that angle what a weapon that could be for Missouri when last year. It was it was an anchor. It was an anchor for sure. You know, how, how far can Missouri take this with just one guy? Despite Tucker McCann being, I think he was the top rated kicker in the got to go back three years, the 2016 class. Uh, if he's a senior graduating in 2020, he would have been in the 2016 class. So the top rated kicker, I think maybe in the country out of O'Fallon, Illinois. Um, despite being that guy, you know what? Did, what level does it take? You know. Obviously, Tucker is a heck of a kicker. Uh, he's, he's been the star for three years, hit the longest field goal in the NCAA last year. That 57-yarder that was probably good from oh, yeah. 67, Beyond if not that. 57, against South Carolina last year. Uh, and then, you know, just how much of a hole kind of Corey Fatoni left. Yeah. He was a multiple-year starter, too, mm-hmm. and dominated in the punting game. So, kind of seeing how much that happens and how much 
differentiation there is in the Mizzou special teams game. And I got to talk to Andy Hill, who's the longest tenured assistant coach at Mizzou. He worked with Blaine. He was the quarterback's coach when Blaine Gabbert was here. He was the wide receiver's coach when Jeremy Macklin was here. And now he's working with Tucker McCann. And I'm not saying that Tucker McCann can have the pro longevity that either one of those two did, especially Macklin. But, you know, he, he's well thought of. Um, he's definitely one of those guys that has a shot from the college level because of his uh, diversity in his game. So I talked to him about that. Then on Monday, I wrote a story on Cam Scott, uh, who's not who's not listed as a starter, uh, but is an absolute playmaker at wide receiver from Mizzou. Uh, even today, he had a catch where he was, I think it was, who was he guarding? Uh, it was him against maybe, I think, Bledsoe? It was not A.C. or Holmes, one of the starting corners. It was one of the starting safeties. Maybe Bledsoe, it might have been Bledsoe, who they, they went up in the air, they both got a hand on it, but instead of, you know, giving out the play, Cam Scott was able to kind of run three yards back, get one foot in bounds, and catch it on the deflection to get the catch. And that's while they were running the two-minute drill, and that got probably the loudest cheer from the hmm. offense during the one-on-ones we saw today. That was It was one heck of a catch. Just Cam Scott's a heck of an athlete. I think Mizzou knows that. It's just unlocking that game player potential or playmaker potential on every play is, I think, the key for him. And he's only a sophomore. So... He's kind of seen as the heir apparent to Emmanuel Hall in terms of the style of wide receiver that he is, more than probably anybody else on the team. Uh, yeah, that's kind of what I've written about so far. And today is kind of the, as we mentioned, crisis averted story. No intensive daily story coming today being for Thursday's Tribune. So, yeah, that's kind of what I've written about thus far. Yeah. Now, I think another question um, Mizzou fans may have out there uh, w- would be in regard to Trey Williams. Um, now reinstated to the program, Rockbridge product, um, guy who who started yeah. a handful of games last season. Um, can, can you maybe give a, give a little bit of kind of what's unfolded along those lines, and, and what have you seen out of Trey? What can be expected from him, and and also just uh, just overall, um, what, what Barry Odom had to say about the decision to uh, bring him back into the fold of the program. So everything that happened with Trey happened last week. So on. Uh, last Wednesday, we got noticed that Trey had been reinstated and was going to be a full member of the Mizzou football roster for fall camp. Uh, hasn't been made available to the media at all thus far. Uh, but, um, you know, Barry kind of stood behind his decision. You know, Barry has had a zero tolerance policy when it comes to. I, I, I want to make sure I get this right, so I'm going to take my time. Uh, has had a zero tolerance policy when it comes to those charged and then later found guilty of domestic abuse. And yes, Trey Williams was originally charged with domestic assault, but he had a plea deal for a lesser charge. For a misdemeanor. For a misdemeanor, I think disturbing the peace is what it ended up being. Yes, that's what it was. Um, So, you know, basically... I think in with with Missouri's inter, uh, independent investigation, what Columbia Police Department also concluded, basically presented the evidence to Barry, and we haven't seen the court documents. We haven't seen that. That's something that hasn't been made. The original court documents are made available, but the I don't know the right word for it uh, with the law, but uh, the whatever the conclusion. I don't know if there's a word mm-hmm. for the document that with the findings that happens from a plea deal, or I don't know if that's even public information as is, but Mer- but Barry Odom and his staff have seen it, and from whatever conclusion they made, he's back. And there's been players Barry has kicked off in the past. There have been players before Barry that it's happened with. Uh, but it seems like for whatever they saw, Trey Williams's case made him someone who 
in a non-football sense, still deserves to be on this team. Regardless of how good you are, I don't care if you're O.J. Simpson. I don't, if you do those things, you don't deserve to be playing college football. And I think Barry Odom recognizes that. Uh, and this is a case where Barry feels very strongly that Trey deserves to be on the team. So and he knows more than I do. So we can question him a little bit about it. But uh, I don't have a dog in the fight, clearly. So, yeah, let's move forward. I, I don't think he's had he's, – he's kind of just been another defensive lineman in camp thus far, though. I, he hasn't done like anything spectacular. But I think he's, he's catching up. He was working out on his own for eight months. I think that uh, for the most part, he's been kind of one of those – you know, just fly on the wall. One of the ants on the hill hasn't stood out, done anything wrong. Hasn't stood out, done anything great. He's just kind of been working through the, just like most of the people on the defensive line so far, that's just kind of been working through the process and, you know, just getting back in football shape. Yeah. And I think, I think the big thing from, from Barry Odom, um, is just, uh, giving Trey a second chance. Um, realizing, you know, he said something about just, just getting all the information, Making sure that like, there there was no part of it that that was that was left uncovered, um, addressing it head on, um, and, and taking it as as a as a really an opportunity to build into this young man, um, to to allow him to continue to be part of this program, um, just just um, in 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 hope uh, that that nothing uh, like that will happen again, and and, and certainly um, you, uh, you 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 wish the best all around, uh, but that's a uh, that's the update on Trey Williams now uh, back with the team. Yeah, absolutely. I, I just feel like it, it's no, we've been kind of you know talking about it, but the exact quote, and I think it's worth sharing from Barry, was, quote, if you look throughout the things that Trey did for the last eight months, and then he's got a misdemeanor peace disturbance was the charge in the court of law, and I've learned you get all the information, you get all the facts, and then you make an informed decision. And through the process of the last eight months, or however long it's been, went through the proceedings in court, and I feel very strongly about how we handled this case and how we've handled everyone we've had since I became head coach. Close quote from Barry Odom. That that's that's what he said, standing by him. And I feel like that's. I mean, I, I definitely want the chance to talk to him at some point this season, but as of now, and I think we're not going to get any further comment unless anything else kind of comes yeah. out. That's kind of where that stands. Yeah, uh, that's and that's kind of the wrap up of fall camp. I think so that's why that's kind of what's happening. Uh, Missouri also returns, being tomorrow, being Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Saturday you meet the Tigers uh, at the Divine Pavilion. I think six p.m. It starts on the tenth. So yeah, uh, entering now the second kind of portion of fall camp. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think we'll. You want to transition? I guess we'll uh, transition now into the, uh, Mizzou. Actually, just released being like. 20 minutes ago from when we are recording the 2020 schedule. Uh, we knew the opponents. We knew some of the dates, but we did not know all of it. Uh, everything has now been released. Uh, season starts September 5th at home against Central Arkansas. Then the second game of the year, Mizzou starts their SEC schedule home against Vanderbilt. Third game of the year, the first SEC road test at South Carolina. Uh, the rest of the non-conference schedule has Eastern Michigan at home at BYU and home to Louisiana. Uh, and then the crossover game uh, in 2020 is Missouri will travel to Starkville. Shout out to Garrett Hodge uh, at the Columbus Dispatch. Uh, well, they will face Mississippi State on November 7th. Georgia comes to Columbia. Kentucky comes to Columbia. Arkansas comes to Columbia. And the uh, and rounding out the rest of the SEC schedule is Florida and Tennessee on the road. 
there we have it yeah so no uh, no, uh, no no major um breaking news there just just no, a matter no. of kind of the we we now have the the official full schedule uh the order uh really n- never playing more than two games in a row uh at at home or on the road correct and, uh, and so that's a little bit different from this season i um, i think the next year the mizzou does not have a full schedule we just need to know when and where they're playing is 2023, if I'm not mistaken. I think every opponent in the schedules for 2021 and 2022 have both already been set, if not a heavy majority of yeah. both of them. It's 20. It's 2023 where the I think the four-year deal to play Kansas State starts, and that's one of the only games that's on that schedule so far. Obviously, there's SEC games that are going to be in there, and that's just kind of figure out the non-con that hasn't been yeah. figured out yeah. yet. But that's advanced a, planning. Yeah. A heavy dosage of games. For the next four seasons have already been planned out just the only thing that was released was here's you know the, the and even the times the, the times are still to be determined we yeah. don't know all the times for this, for this season, season yet yeah we know the first three and arkansas because that's the game of the week i think the other nine games we still don't know what time of day yeah. it's gonna happen like we still don't know we know wyoming is a 6 30 mountain time kickoff we know west virginia is a, an 11 time local columbia kickoff and we know SEMO is a 6.30 local kickoff here Central yeah. Time. So we know four. Because and we know Arkansas, Arkansas is one thirty. Yeah. Uh, Little, Rock, Little Rock. Little Rock, which is same time zone as uh, uh, Columbia. So yeah, that's kind of what happened there. Uh, that was released early today. And I think, uh, yeah, you want to get into some basketball talk? Yeah, I let's think get into the basketball here. We, yeah. uh, we also had the, the, the Mizzou men's basketball non-conference schedule uh, unveiled this week. And um, of course, uh, I, I, I think you... Uh, you, you always have circled on the calendar that bragging rights game, uh, Mizzou versus Illinois. It's going to be at the Enterprise Center in St. Louis on December 21st. Um, also, kind of as, as part of a tour of the state, uh, Mizzou will, for the first time in five years, I believe it is, uh, take part in the Hall of Fame Classic in Kansas City. Uh, and that's going to be on uh, on November 25th, 25th and 26th. Yep. 25th, I think it's a 6 o'clock tip-off. Against Butler. Against Butler. And then the following day, uh, it, the game would be against either Oklahoma or Stanford. Based on win or, dro- win or lose, yeah. if you're the... If you, if, Missouri beats Butler. They'll play the later game. If they lose, they'll play the earlier game against one. I guess a yeah. loser or winner of those two games. So, and, and I also of note, and it's uh, kind of a rare January non-conference game, uh, but Mizzou will make its first ever trip to Morgantown, West Virginia. Yep. Um, take on West Virginia. That's going to be on Saturday, January twenty-fifth, as part of the SEC uh, Big Twelve Challenge. I've been to Morgantown before. That is a good college town. I, I, I can attest that if you want to make that trip, that is a trip. Uh, that is. A very very good town to watch a game, and I've watched a football game uh, at West Virginia, but never been to their basketball stadium. But I can say Morgantown is a is one of those towns across the country that you really need to visit if you're a college fan for sure. Now, something that struck me on this non conference schedule, um, as far as teams coming in to Mizzou Arena, mm-hmm. um, th- there is no opponent uh, among Power Five conferences that's a non conference uh, going to come to Columbia. That's correct. Yeah, ten of the thirteen games uh, at Mizzou's non con are in the state of Missouri. None of them that are Power 5 are coming to Mizzou, and all three that forces Mizzou out of state in Temple, Xavier, and West Virginia are all Big Six conference schools in... Well, actually, Temple's not. Uh, my apologies. Temple's not. Xavier is in the Big East. Now, Temple's in the American. 
and uh, Xavier. West, sorry, West Virginia is in the Big Twelve. Yeah, so uh, it, it's hard to believe that UConn's not in a big school conference. They're going back to the Big East, but Temple, yeah, Temple is in, is technically considered mid major. So my apologies on that. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you, even if, but if you look at the schools that, that are coming in from Missouri. Not a lot of big names in terms of the non-con. You have your Incarnate Word. When I lived in the state of Texas, they didn't even get that much buzz. You have Chicago State. You have Charleston Southern, who's not even the best mid-major in Charleston. The College of Charleston's better than them. Uh, and then you have SIU Carbondale. Uh, but then you have some other trickier matchups that people might not realize. Wofford made the tournament as like a seven seed last year. Yeah, won the Southern Conference. Won the Southern Conference. You have Northern Kentucky, who won their conference. I don't remember... What is the thought in my head last year? But they, I think Northern Kentucky took Kentucky to the limit last year's SEC tournament, or sorry, NCAA tournament. Uh, actually, it definitely was not Kentucky because Kentucky beat the you know what out of uh, Abilene Christian. Um, but uh, they, so two tournament teams from last year, uh, they faced Moorhead State in their non con uh, finale last year when Missouri, most of Missouri, the Mizzou beat was in. Uh, Memphis for the Liberty Bowl. I was back here covering that game. Um, I'm trying to see if I didn't mention anybody else. Yeah, they kick off on November 6th, three months from yesterday, against Incarnate Word. And the last game before SEC play, SEC play starts is December 30th at home against Chicago State. It's the SEC Big 12 Challenge is the January game, kind of in the middle of when SEC play is already underway. Missouri will have six or seven SEC games under their belt by the time that West Virginia game rolls around. Got anything else to add, Kevin? <laughs> no, I think uh, I mean that, uh, that's got us covered. Certainly, uh, cool. fall is fall is right around the corner, but in w- winter uh, it's going to be here before we know it too. So yeah. uh, now, now we know that, and the, and the eighteen game SEC schedule yet to be released yeah. as of this point. You know the opponents. You know who's coming where. Auburn's coming back here. I think the lone game against Kentucky is in Lexington. I think Tennessee is a team that comes to both places. Uh, same with South Carolina. I think Georgia is coming to Columbia, but the whole SEC schedule is yet to be released and who who and where. But yes, at least now we, we, we know, know the framework. Of we it, know you know the framework now. Yes, of of, of everything, and then uh, I guess kind of lastly, we'll touch on some uh, recruiting news for Mizzou. Uh, it's kind of seen as the big three uh, of the recruits of Caleb Love, Josh Christopher, and Cameron Fletcher uh, were the three kind of big national guys that Mizzou basketball was recruiting um, for the 2020 class. And it was seen that Cameron Fletcher uh, was the guy, the Vashon teammate and AEA teammate of Mario McKinney was kind of the guy that they were most people and myself and other people thought Mizzou had the best chance of those three of getting. Uh, But turns out he is now off the board to Kentucky over the weekend, took his official visit to his first official visit since cutting his list of five, which Mizzou is on the list of five, took his first official visit to Lexington, John Calipari, Wandon Dynam, and he is now off the board to Kentucky. Uh, He was ranked like 35th nationally. Uh, His style fits in really well in the SEC, but yeah, he is now... uh, Missouri is now at best at two for three, and it's probably the two guys that Missouri has less of a chance at. If they want to make a big splash in recruiting in 2020, they're looking at the CBC guard, Caleb Love, or uh, strength and conditioning coach, Nico Demas', Nico Demas Christopher's, uh, I guess, nephew or uh, or cousin, uh, Josh Christopher, who plays for Vegas Elite in the AAU circuit. Uh, but it, chances are seen as kind of slim for Mizzou for both of them. Uh, there's still guys out there that Mizzou can have a really solid class from. It's just, in terms of a level 
of a John Tay Porter or a Michael Porter um, caliber player that can come to Mizzou in the next class, there's two more chances that Mizzou is thought to have, albeit slim ones, even though when Josh Christopher cut his list, Missouri was one of five on there, and Caleb Love cut his list to six last Saturday, Missouri was on there as well. A lot of the thought is that chances are kind of 10% or lower that they're coming to Mizzou for both of those guys. Uh, 0 for 3 does not look good. I'm going to be honest with Conzo Martin, especially two of those guys being St. Louis guys. Um, yeah, but there are other guys out there that, like a Davian Bradford, who I think will end up coming to Mizzou, uh, that can make a solid class, at least on par with the one they took in last year. But yeah, Cameron Fletcher going to Kentucky kind of hurts for Mizzou fans because that was the guy of the big three that you thought was most likely to come here, and he's the first off the board and not coming. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, that's 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 kind of that. Uh, if Love or Christopher commits, we'll bring you that news here. And I guess, yeah, Kevin will go into kind of uh, what's coming up in the future for us here. Yeah. So, I mean, can't have a podcast without a plug. Um, it, lots of uh, lots of our August, uh, aside from, of course, uh, being out at fall camp and gearing up for uh, the start of football season um, for Mizzou is also high school football. Um, and what we're going to do uh, in the in the Tribune is have a special section come out on Wednesday, August 28th, and it's going to be a combined Columbia football preview uh, on Mizzou and the eight high school football teams in Boone County. Um, so we're going to have Eric um, doing a centerpiece story. That's going to be on Kelly Bryant. Uh, we don't want to give too much of that away, but you definitely want to check it out. You could have guessed that if, if you didn't know. Who, who's, our, who's our centerpiece going to be on? Oh, the... The prized guinea pig of the transfer portal. Yeah, you, you got to guess that out there in podcast land. For we'll, sure. we'll have some other uh, some other stories in there on Mizzou. We'll have the the schedule, the roster, the depth chart. Um, we'll have a piece on the the South End Zone. Um, all of that, all of that coverage and more. Uh, in addition to uh, every high school team in the county uh, having a, having its own page devoted to uh, the the outlook for 2019, uh, just kind of uh, the narrative for each of those high school programs going into the new season uh so definitely look for that in the tribune on the 28th yeah uh we, we, yeah i guess that kind of wraps it up for this week here uh thank you guys for listening to this week's mizzou podcast and uh, kevin give us the outro here for the mizzou podcast until next time